Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Appraisal Buzzcast. I'm Jim Morrison, and today we have Joan Trice, CEO of Altera Group, and Matt Simmons, Managing Partner of Maxwell, Hendry, and Simmons, based in Fort Myers, Florida. We'll be discussing the fallout from Hurricane Ian and what it means for the residents and appraisers in the area. Joan, I'll hand it over to you. Thank you, Jim, and welcome, Matt, from sunny Florida. But a few weeks ago, it wasn't so sunny. Why don't you share? And since you're in Fort Myers, which was ground zero for Ian, why don't you uh, share with our appraiser audience what you've experienced, both from a personal perspective from your office being located there and the logistics around that, And then we'll talk about the broader market and what happened. Well, I appreciate you having me on, Joan, because I know while you're a little north of us and the worst of the storm, you know, hopefully didn't didn't get you too bad. You've been dealing with the outfall of this, too. So we're both kind of in this territory and appreciate also that that you and to any others that are listening that have reached out the support throughout Southwest uh, for Southwest Florida from the appraisal community. It's been appreciated. We've had a lot of people reach out and it's meant a lot. Yeah, it's been pretty the storm, you know, at this point, people have seen the photos and the video, you know, the Sanibel Causeway collapsing. There were two other bridges that that were lost. Fort Myers Beach and Sanibel Island were just completely torn to shreds. And Sanibel's where, you know, my very first client in the business was. I, I you know, grew up in appraisal, essentially, on Sanibel Island. And so it's been hard to uh, kind of watch all this. But yeah, it's been a rough... Uh, two and a half weeks at this point. Our office is in downtown Fort Myers. And so, and downtown Fort Myers flooded with three to four feet of water. Fortunately, our office is in an old 1909 historically rehabbed home that's been in office since the 1970s, but you know, it's up on piers. And so we had some water underneath it, but otherwise, you know, not, not much damage. And then a little bit of damage at home. We had, you know, family members who lost homes uh, completely, but you know our crew is all safe, and you know with what portions of Southwest Florida are dealing with, we actually feel pretty pretty blessed in comparison. So I'm I'm curious because I've never been to Sanibel, and in fact I've never been to Fort Myers, and it was on my oh. list of things to do. Um, I think I might have to wait a while. But what's the population of San- Sanibel? I think there's around 7,000 full-time residents out there, but it's a little bit deceiving because I don't know what peak number of folks are during season, but you know, I think there can easily be 20 plus thousand folks on the island during peak season. That number may be off, but it's orders of magnitude greater than what the quote-unquote population is of Sanibel. Now, having previously lived in a resort area in Maryland where the wintertime population was 10,000 and on weekends in the summer, it swells to 300,000 on a little 10-mile strip. It's shocking how many people you can squeeze on little slivers of land. Um, Well, the, the reason I ask that is... Are there any costs out there or estimates on what it's going to cost to repair the causeway? So, I mean, initial insurance estimates, as the storm was unfolding, there was a number out there that was in the 200 plus billion dollar range in terms of total claims. 
That number, I think, has been drawn down a little bit since then. In terms of actual costs for infrastructure with the causeway, we don't have exact numbers on that. What what has been, honestly, the most amazing thing I have ever seen in the aftermath of a storm is how swiftly the state has leaned in with assistance. Like the bridge to Pine Island was repaired in a matter of four or five days. Now, that's with a temporary repair. They filled in gaps enough to create and crushed it down, uh, compacted it to create a temporary bridge. They accomplished the same thing with the Sanibel Causeway two and a half days ago. So all of those portions, and there were three or four portions that were completely destroyed, not just underwater, but like destroyed of the bridge. They've already got truck access back. Line work. Yeah. It's it's the most incredible thing. I was in a uh, town hall with the governor Wednesday and one of the local engineering experts that does a lot of work with uh, the Department of Transportation said in their 40 years of doing this, they have never seen what uh, just happened uh, happen this quickly. And in the day after the storm, the estimate was that it would be a year to have the bridge back. And in two weeks, we've at least got temporary access to go restore power, start removing debris and doing the things that are that are necessary to get, you know, the island communities back in order. Wow, that's uh, that's amazing. So let's do this, Matt, before we proceed, let's uh, take a break for a quick commercial message and we'll be right back. Are you ready to meet the new GSE requirement of detailed floor plans for your desktop appraisals? Remote Val, a remote inspection app designed for appraisers, has 3D video scan feature, which creates a detailed floor plan you can submit with your report. RemoteVal's live virtual inspection technology allows you to personally verify the data at the same time. You can also supplement missing photographs using the remote photography feature. And Center pays you your same full fee for RemoteVal inspections. Desktop appraisals have never been faster, easier, or more trustworthy. To see a demo of RemoteVal in action, visit incenteram.com. Welcome back, everybody. So, Matt, what does this mean? Now put on your appraiser hat as opposed to your citizen hat. What is an appraiser opportunity here with uh, disaster inspections and what's involved with those? I'm sure any any loan that was in process and not yet gone to settlement is requiring a second look. Tell us what that process is. I'm sure it's not the first time you've been involved in those. No, in fact, we tried to prepare in advance of this one, and we kind of put together a template email to clients with the various sample disaster forms that are out there because there's several. Just to clarify, as we started getting requests, asking the client to let us know exactly which form type they wanted, because you know, in in the haze of of everything after a disaster, you'll get a message of we need a disaster inspection done, and maybe that's all the detail, and so you've got to clarify, okay. There's this form, this form, this form, this, with exactly which form do you need? Because that's likely being investor driven from the lender side. And then what, what level of inspection also is requested because there's variation there. So we've tried to uh, be clear about that because the difficulty in communication and just the back and forth and clarifying the request is what at times becomes a little bit difficult and cumbersome and it eases the burden on us to then be able to let people know, hey, please be specific with what you need. Whatever you need, we can we can deal with, but we need to know exactly what you want. The other opportunity that kind of comes into play then is 
we're already doing a tremendous amount of work for pre-storm and post-storm valuation because there's a section of the tax code and it's described in the IRS's publication 547, where in certain circumstances, and there's all kinds of caveats to it, but somebody can take essentially a loss in value pre-storm and post-storm, and they can use it as a direct offset to income, either in the disaster year or in the prior year. And so if you think about Sanibel, for example, it's a relatively wealthy you know, second home destination Lots of folks in the markets in 2021 have gains that it would be nice to have an offset. And while you wouldn't want an offset coming you know, in this manner, that's what a lot of folks are, are going to have. And so we've already started a lot of valuation right now just on the pre-storm. And then in a couple of months when the market speaks, we'll have a post-storm analysis. And again, there's a section of the tax code then that um, you know makes tax breaks available under certain situations. So that's another you know opportunity on our end that that comes up. You, you don't want to derive business from that manner, but it is what it but, is. And, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Let's um, take another quick break, and we'll be right back. Do you have multiple final inspections scheduled in one day? ProxyPix 1004D product will streamline the process by eliminating manual data entry and large file transfers. By utilizing the powerful technology of ProxyPix, you can upload the original 1004 MISMO file to their platform, which will automatically map the property data into the final report and assign the order to yourself or an appraisee trainee. Your final inspection will be pre-populated in the app assignment queue, so you can take photos and make commentary and sign the certificate of completion to automatically generate a 1004D straight from your device in minutes. Deliver the report to your client on-site so you can travel with ease to your next inspection. Schedule a demo with ProxyPix to save time and effort during the final inspections. Sales at ProxyPix.com. Welcome back, everybody. So, Matt, before we took the break, we were talking about the three different forms that you mentioned. Can you be a little more specific so that appraisers, if they get a request for these, they know what questions to ask? Yeah. So I think if you want to kind of prompt a client to, okay, you want a disaster inspection, what form are we talking about? You can reference a form called CDARE and it's C-D-A-I-R. And that is catastrophic disaster area inspection report. There's also just a DARE form that's out there. I think the catastrophic one is the one that is primarily requested. Also, at times, clients will request a 1004D, that same form that's used for either a final inspection or an appraisal update, and that can obviously function in either capacity. And so it's really about, you can show them, hey, here are options we're aware of, but most importantly, ask the client to be clear with you about which form they need because the scope of inspection and the scope of what you're answering aren't the same necessarily depending on the product. And for obvious reasons, you want to make sure that you're doing it right the first time. You know, it just seems to me that this is a real opportunity. These types of uh, disasters with climate change are happening more frequently and and they're bigger and more damaging. So it, it seems to me this would be a good time for the government agencies to perhaps update and standardize 
some of these forms and uh, get with the program. So just a suggestion. In in closing, Matt, I understand there's a, several folks have put out a disaster relief fund for appraisers who reside in these disaster areas. It's very specific for appraisers. And I know you remember the Appraisal Institute. They have a disaster relief fund. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I know they they have a fund and obviously some other trade groups. And what I think is helpful for people to know if you're not in the area, like our office is back up with power. We have power at my home. Like we've been incredibly fortunate. But there's areas, a lot of our population in Lee County lives in Cape Coral. There's large portions of Cape Coral that here two and a half weeks after the storm are either just getting power back or don't have it. And significant portions of Cape Coral still don't have, you know, cable and internet. And so when you talk about funds like these that help people during a time where, you know, they're not able to truly provide for themselves, even though, you know, the media moves on and and the news cycle changes and we get that, there's people that for extended periods of time, your, you know, fellow appraisers are, are impacted still. And don't even have the means, as you say, without Wi-Fi to even be able to communicate with family yep. and loved ones, say, hey, we're fine. And yep. um, so that that is definitely an added layer of problems. Yep. Well, Matt, thank you very much for joining us today. And Jim will give a web address in his closing as to where appraisers can reach out to either contribute to the disaster fund or take advantage of the disaster fund if they were in affected areas. So thank you again for joining us. Yep. And appreciate you highlighting this. Um, and again, thanks again for all your support, Joan. Anytime. Well, thanks, Joan and Matt. We really appreciate your time today on this topic. For those of you that wanted to know more about the AI Relief Fund, in 2005, the Appraisal Institute AI Relief Foundation was formed out of concerns AI professionals were expressing soon after the Gulf Coast hurricanes as to how they could help their colleagues. Today, the AI Education and Relief Foundation stands ready to provide emergency financial assistance to our colleagues in need. If any AI professionals or other individuals have made meaningful contributions to the profession, have been impacted by Hurricanes Fiona or Ian, the AI Education and Relief Foundation could provide assistance. Learn more about how to apply or to make a donation at https colon backslash AIERF.org. The assistance provided by AIERF is made possible through generous support from AI professionals and other individuals within the real estate profession. Well, thanks for our listeners for joining us and thanks for our sponsors for helping put this on. If you have any comments or would like to be included included in a future Buzzcast, reach out to us at comments at appraisalbuzz.com. Thanks and have a great day.